So let's take that breath of love and gratitude and join together. So grateful and thankful to consciously attune to the love of God, shining in our heart, shining in our mind. We come together, we dive in to refresh ourselves with this prayer, coming to center, taking this breath and joining together in the love of God as the love of God, so grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self, to partner up with each other for the purpose of our healing, our expansion, our ever-increasing clarity. So grateful to lay everything that doesn't serve us on the altar. We invoke the violet flame into our awareness. And we place Mother Earth in the center of this virtual circle, and we see Mother Earth and all her beings, all the many kingdoms, every particle of life on this sweet earth, soaked and saturated with the violet flame. We see that violet flame penetrating every cell, fiber, and function of our body temple, permeating all our relationships, every aspect of our lives, refreshed and renewed right here and right now as we join together for the purpose of healing and share the benefits with all. In gratitude, we let it be. We know it's done. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes. All right. So it's good to uh, to be with everybody. And uh, we are going to pick up where we left off last week, exploring the New Year's reboot work. Uh, did anybody attend the class with Angela on Sunday? Great. That's great. How wonderful. And, um, Laurie, it's so great to see you back. And um, so we're going to, like I said, we're going to pick up where we left off last week in our discussion of the New Year's reboot material. And uh, I'm really inviting you to go deep with this um, this year. I uh, I cannot stress enough how much I've seen over the years with my counseling clients and as well as the folks who are in the classes that the more of this inner work that they do, the more attention that they give it, uh, the more they see the results that they desire. And so it's never a poor investment. One of the things that um, I think becomes clear in year one is that spiritual practice really is actually a time and a money saver. It's a time and a money saver. And I just wonder, before we, we get into the New Year's reboot material, does anybody have uh, like to share any examples of how spiritual practice is a time and a money saver. Anybody have any examples? Lori. I can jump right in there. Great. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can give you a, a, a quick overview. Um, when I uh, came, went, left MLC2 last year in June, um, I thought that uh, I wanted to go on a different path. And so I had a fall full of just being in the ego. My father passed away, which was really quite a, quite an emotional, guilty roller coaster because I had held such uh, bitterness against him. And I, I realized at that point um, that, when I found him, my sister and I walked in the house and found him and he was lying on the table and he'd been gone for about 18 hours. Mm. And my whole thought was how much I held against him and how easily, easily it is to give up all that in that moment. And um, so I haven't felt any 
resentment towards him since. And I asked him to forgive me, but my, my thought is throughout this process in the fall, it was very difficult to stay in any kind of spirituality for me. And um, I, in the last, since I have re-signed up, I have more freedom and more spiritual guidance Mm. since I left MLC too. I mean, I have got a focus and I'm able to just really let go of so many of this, um, um, so, much, so many of my thoughts through the fall. And I just really appreciate that. So it can, it can be an instantaneous. And that's what I'm feeling right now is I feel back. I feel, <laughs> I just feel in charge and I feel safe. And um, I'm so happy to be here, Jennifer, and, and the group. It's just an awesome, awesome opportunity. So thank you for this opportunity. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. And um, I understand what you mean. I, um, yeah, what a journey with you, your sister, and your father. Um, and... I am I'm glad that you've turned this this corner and uh it's it's another example too Lori of how we just learn through contrast we learn through contrast and sometimes when we are turning away from the ego it seems like we get mired in it um, and then we say, enough, no, there's a better way. I know it. I'm going the better way. And um, that is sometimes what is required in our journey is that it seems like we fall into the ego patterns again. Um, but it really is actually a cleansing and a clearing. So that's what I'm feeling for you is that, that last six months was really a cleansing and a clearing. And um, we'll just, we'll call it that, claim it as that. And. Um, but, you know, you say, how do you, how do you, I always wondered, and I worked for years on how to give this up, how to give this whole thing up. Oh, my gosh. Easy enough. I'm serious. The day I found him was the day I gave it up. And now I can see the beauty in him. And I can see all his gifts that he was giving me all along. And as I go back through old pictures and everything, I just see, Dad, all I wish is that you were here so that I could tell you that I, you know, wow, what a coin collector he was. And what a, what a, a master. Of, he just wanted the art of, um, he really had an art of living. And I was so begrudging against him that I couldn't see any of it until now I get to go through his home and his cabin and all of his creations and just go where why couldn't I have given it up but and I realize I can take this forward and I can you know just move it forward so that if I'm talking to somebody about it they can let go fast just let go if you have anything <laughs> anything because you never know the moment you're going to walk into a house and have that that life gone Yep, and um, we mirror each other. So there's a, perhaps, Lori, there's a part that he played in your not being able to let it go, your uh, mirroring him, perhaps, his own self-rejection, his own self-judgments. So um, because it's, we're definitely enmeshed with each other because we share the same mind. And so the thing is that um, uh, one of the books we'll read this year is Testimony of Light. And did you read that last year? Yeah. So um, uh, we're not rushing into it right now. But um, I, I will give you all some books that if you, for those of you who would like to start reading, you can start reading. Um but in Testimony of Light, it talks about how when we bless our those who have passed on, it is such a blessing to them when we say prayers for them after they're gone. 
especially when we can forgive them after they've gone, it frees them on their journey. It releases them from that karma. So this is a tremendous gift that you're giving your father and he is receiving it. And that's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I like to send blessings to my ancestors and those who've passed on and give thanks for their precious lives. Yeah. So yeah, beautiful example. Hey, Diane. I just wanted to, um, to say to Lori that um, my mom passed this last year as well. And we had a very adversarial relationship our whole life. It was kind of like, as mother and daughter, we were not well matched. And I have to say, since she passed, our relationship has never been better. I honestly feel like every day is like all is forgotten and all is forgiven. Mm. And um, I talked with her youngest brother yesterday and we had a great conversation about her. And and it, it's a wonderful feeling. I also feel like I wished I could have had this when she was still here. But there is something about the process of her passing that released everything I think from both of us and and I really feel that that um, just that blessing of all is forgiven that's all is forgiven and all is forgotten that's what I keep receiving around that so I just wanted to share that with you Lori. Oh that's beautiful. Well and I know that when I found my dad all I could I was so guilty I was so guilt-ridden and I just said dad please forgive me please forgive me please forgive me and I heard, I forgave you every single moment. And at that time, I realized, you know what? I forgive my children every single moment. And I just want the best for them. So it really released me, too, of guilt um, in that respect, too. So I'm sorry to hear about your mother, and I understand. And uh, it's, it's, it's all good. Wow. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah, what a gift to give to your children. Mm. Thank you. All right. So, anybody else have uh, an example? Oh, okay, here we go, Laurel. I, I've been told because I have a lot of Libra energy in my chart, not just my sun sign, but lots of other planets, that uh, Libras have a really hard time making decisions. And I certainly do. And when I, sometimes it's very easy for me to make a decision, and it's very clear. But if it's not crystal clear, I literally can spend days trying to figure out stupid things, like, you know, what am I going to get? on Amazon in my next order. I mean, I, I could spend a weekend just trying to think that all through. And I've just in the last week um, started asking um, Spirit, just please tell me. You know, it's like I, I'll start going into that. And I'll go, just please tell me. And I instantly get a, an answer. And <laughs> so I really now understand what you're saying about the time-saving element of that. Uh, I'm kind of blown away. <laughs> I, I actually have a fix now for my for my um, indecision. Ah, yes, it's wonderful. It is. Yeah. All right. Yes, it's um, it's such a valuable thing to to realize that if we feel unsure, it, then it's not time to make a decision. That and to just keep giving it to spirit and saying, okay, let me know when it's time for me to make a decision, what the decision is you decide for me. A lot of people ask me, well, what does that mean when Jesus says in A Course in Miracles, you decide for me? It's really learning to follow that intuition and that guidance rather than trying to figure things out. It's so much more effective. It is so much more effective. Um, and in uh, in a related 
thing. Thank you for that, Laurel. It's a great example. Um, in, in a related thing, who, um, who has been doing the truly helpful when you go through the doorway? And are you noticing that it's making a difference? You're feeling the difference? Yep, good. Good, good, good. Yep, it's, uh, it's a great habit for us to get in as we go through each doorway. I'm here only to be truly helpful. I'm here to represent the one who sent me. All right. Well, we're going to, like I, as promised, we are going to um, move into continuing on with the um, worksheet uh, in breakouts from um, the uh, New Year's reboot. So um, I'm going to invite you to discuss two questions here in your breakout, and it's the, the next two on the worksheet, which are what felt like a loss last year and what felt like a failure? What felt like a loss and what felt like a failure? All right, so in your breakout, um, any discoveries, any learning? Anything you'd like to share with the group? Any ahas about a sense of loss, a sense of failure? Tracy. Well, um, I just noticed that in every example that we shared from our lives, what what started out feeling like either the loss or the failure um, turned into something positive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a blessing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the expressions that comforts me is I say, nothing can be lost in God because where's it going to go? Another one is I say, and this this really helped me when, um, uh, you know, there are times when, uh, at least for me as a single woman, there have been times when I thought, you know, oh, this man and I, we've really connected. And then I see, oh, and now he's really connecting with her, you know. And so I, I would say to myself, what's mine is mine and ever shall it be so. You know, that my, uh, I used to tease my friend, um, some of you know Liz Racy, um, and uh, Liz and Paul, and uh, Paul's Liz's husband, um, the three of us uh, were part of a group of people who went to the practitioner training at Agape together. And um, we used to get together and pray. We'd have dinner and do a prayer circle um, once a month and we did that for years and we studied for our exams together and things like that and um, I used to tease Paul all the time and he, he might say something you know was a bummer and I'd say well Paul you know I think you just have to face that your good will never be where you are your good is always going to be somewhere else It'll be at somebody else's house and somebody else is going to enjoy it and it's just going to always escape you. You know, just making fun of the idea that your good could ever somehow not be where you are. Uh, because I know I used to think that. I used to think that so clearly, you know. This one has my good. And... um and these are the kinds of things that people have panic attacks over, for for real. And um, so it's um, it's a powerful healing when we can really accept that what felt like a loss cannot actually be a loss, mm -hmm. and we can change our perspective on it. Pain is a wrong perspective. 
It is a perspective of separation. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about um, our belief in separation is the only problem that we have. So, uh, when, you know, it's a, we're separate from love, we're separate from money, we're separate from health, we're separate from uh, happiness, we're separate from him, from her, from them, from uh, creative success, promotions, uh, just all manner of good we can be separate from. And um, that... It's not actually true, but if we believe it, it will feel true. Mm. And that's where we're learning to change our mind. And, um, and it, it's such a big turning of the mind to not energize the lack and limitation. It is such a big turning of the mind because for lifetimes, so many lifetimes, how many years, how many millions and millions of times have we energized lack and limitation? And we, we built a case for it. You know, I, I can remember so clearly saying things like people would try to comfort me and I'd be like, but you don't understand. You do not understand. And, um, it was very helpful to me when I was a, a new spiritual counselor to realize, um, like, you know, I, I've just had sometimes when I've told somebody, oh, you know, I have to say, is this really bothering me, this whatever this is, and I'm really working with it. And if someone says to me, oh, but you know, it's all going to be good, I just want to hang up on them. You know, I just don't want to talk. I just want to walk away and say, there's no point in talking with you because I'm just trying to tell you how I feel. And you're basically saying, but you know, that feeling is really pointless because it's all going to, but when you feel that way, you have, it has to be acknowledged before you can move on. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't be in denial of this. We can't do the spiritual bypass and just go, it's all good, you know, because for a moment, we have to say, this is really bothering me. And that's how I can tell I'm not thinking correctly about it. Mm-hmm. And I am willing to think correctly about it. Mm-hmm. So what, what am I thinking? Why is it incorrect? Mm-hmm. And we can also just give it to the Holy Spirit and just say, well, just take this load of hell out of my mind. Mm-hmm. Because I really, I, I, I've been to hell and back enough. And there's no value in going again. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just done with it. So that's, it's, it's such a big turning of the mind to start to really give up the idea of loss and the idea of failure. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, Sarah, yeah. I want to ask you a question. Uh-huh. I was talking, of course, my biggest loss was Mira, my cat, last year. Right, right. And, um, and we were talking in our group about how we know that, you know, these feelings that we get from being with others, um, whatever that can be, are, are, are inside us. They're not from the other being. Right. So, but I, I don't want to be exactly facetious here, but if every, if all the feelings of, you know, all the goodness of, you know, like being with Mira and I just, like even being like with the par- friends, for instance, yeah. if they're all inside of me, why would I need to, why would I even want to get another cat? Why would I want to have, you know, look for new friends if everything's inside of me. Because the joining together is healing, it's nourishing, and it inspires us. It also challenges us to look at our mind. So, for instance, your relationship with Mira, your cat, you know, she brought out unconditional love in you, right? That's one of the great gifts that animals offer. Uh, so often people think, well, the great gift of a, an animal in your life is that you will, um, uh, you know, have all this love for them. But even more than that, uh, it's that we receive the love. 
We receive the love. We feel worthy of a dog's love. You know, we don't say to that dog, hey, you know, I'm really not a good person. You just love me because I feed you, you know, and um, so you're deluded. I'm really not worth loving. I'm just, you know, just not worth it at all. You know, the do- most dogs would look at you and go, oh, no, I beg to differ. I think you are incredible. And you light up my life. I mean, literally, if you go away and come back an hour later, I'm thrilled. I'm just thrilled that you're back, right? Um, Cats, not so much, but still, you know, um, it's that we allow them to love us. And so um, they that's the thing about other beings is that they there's this, the challenges, they're not doing what I want in the way that I want it. And then there's also the challenge to receive their love. And there's also the challenge to love them even when they're behaving in a way that's less than desirable. And with all beings, all animals, all people, those are the challenges that are going to come up that are going to open our minds and our hearts. So, um, Yes, we can live in perfect bliss and joy on our own, but it's those challenges, it's those confrontations that help us to grow. Such a good good point there, Laurel. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else have any insights or learning about uh, loss or failure. Sally. Well, I, um, certainly, um, you know, that was an easy question for me to answer with the, the losses in uh, last year for me, but I, you know, it, uh, it was certainly a great year to, you know, to, to be experiencing that during Masterful Living and um, finding the the equanimity in whatever was presenting itself, including the fact that I wasn't present enough, maybe to get hit by a car or that, you know, um, you can uh, you can have one of those miracle moments where, you know, the praying and the all the attention on the body temple makes a difference. And you can have the moments where it's prede- predetermined, you know, apparently um, where that's the path and you experience the process of, of uh, being present for that. So I was just grateful for the spiritual community going through that much loss in in a year and um, how, yeah, um, supported support, you know, and it feels. Yeah. Yeah, it's so helpful when we're going through, um, you know, loved ones making their transition and major things like I have people in my life, you know, they're um, dealing with the floods and the fires and these things. And um, well, and you had the baby in in of your friends. Yep. Yeah. That was really touched me. Yeah. And uh, to have spiritual friends who really don't try to talk you out of how you feel, who can just support you where you are, and they can feel comfortable with your sadness, with your grief, with your fear, whatever it is that you're going through, that they can just absolutely feel comfortable just being with you while you're experiencing it. They don't need to fix you. They don't need to change you. They don't need to rearrange you. They can just let you be and hold you close. (laughs) You know, it's true. You know, I really, one of the things you, you all may have heard me say this, I was saying it um, last week in one of our classes that um, 
Venerable really taught me because uh, I've been around her so much where people were sharing about very intense, deep loss. And she would just say, oh, oh, oh. You know, and it's just that those noises of, oh, I, I, I'm comprehending. You know, I'm, I'm getting what you're saying. This is so challenging and difficult for you. There's a, there's a way to, to be able to just say, oh, yes, I, oh, honey, that, uh, you know, when it's genuine, when it's really felt, there's no other words are needed. You know, it's just that feeling of compassion and understanding. And um, that's one of the things that I really learned as a spiritual counselor, too, is having so many people come and do sessions with me in person where they're just sobbing copiously, crying and crying and crying and crying and crying. And, um, as people can really feel comfortable doing one-on-one, which is fantastic. Um, and just being able to just sit with them and hand them Kleenexes and just say, let it go. Yeah, that's good. Good. And really just encouraging them. Good, good, good. You know, and, and so, um, that's one of the great lessons we get as a spiritual student is less is so much more. So. Well, the, in fact, the spiritual counseling sessions have been so helpful in that respect and um, in both feeling the feeling and helping uh, release it. Yeah. So it So that you don't, so that it's, you're not, feeling, you know, overwhelmed by it so much, but, but, you know, trying to, um, you know, shift. Yeah. Shift it effectively, I guess. Yeah. The yeah. Hmm. Anybody else like to share anything more about what seemed like a failure or what seemed like a loss? Any learning that you've harvested about that? Kevin, did, do you want to share anything about Purdy? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting. I had, um, when you first brought kind of came up after our chat and you brought up about lost and one of the things that i i brought up when i was speaking to diana was you know i didn't really look at last year as much of a loss um because of the work that i did this year with you and i start to see my losses as less of losses but as lessons and blessings and purdy um at the time when it happened my dog um it was a it was a really devastating thing for me because I had her for 14 years and it was so close to her. And as you said, it's I always struggled with having self-love for myself. And she always represented as that person who showed me love and helped me feel love for myself. And so her loss was um, a huge loss for me in my life and a big part of my life, especially um, I started my practice and moved to Chicago and had her in my life. But I see her now all the time in all kinds of different ways. I see her in the house. I feel her spirit. Um, and I know she's, she's with me. And so I can look back on her life and be so grateful for she was there with me when I went through all my hardships and um, she always gave me love. She gave me comfort and she's still here more importantly. And so I look at that loss now quite differently than I did back in August. Um, 
thanks to you and this work, but uh, she, she did just, I looked at her as just the representation of love in my own self-love for myself, so. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and I tell you, Kevin, I've heard, and Laurel too, I've heard uh, many intuitives say that that's one of the things about animals is they do, their spirit does stay with that person. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. They're great companions. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. I wanted to add one more thing um, about about Mira, um, because just the other day I was thinking about how I used to talk to Mira. And she's the I mean, except for when my daughter was very, very young, there's nobody else that I ever would talk to like that, you know, with all of the endearing and right. just the sweetness. Every, I mean, you know, all of the nicknames, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I. It, I was sitting in my bed and I thought, oh my goodness. And then I thought of something you have always said, which is how you first were learning self-love by talking to yourself with endearments. Mm. And it just, all of a sudden I felt Mira's presence and I felt her saying, this is what I've been trying to get you to do is talk to yourself like you would talk to me. And I don't know if, if you guys remember, but last year I had bought a rag doll that represented my, my uh, inner child. Mm -hmm. And she sits up on my headboard. I looked over and she had fallen onto the bed. This has never happened. And it was like she was saying, yeah, pick me up and start talking, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mira knocked her down. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, signs from the universe. Yep. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. All right, let's go to uh, another breakout. And this time you're going to be uh, discussing uh, what agreements that you made last year that you didn't keep. And the reason why you're discussing this is and this is really important. I want to stress this particularly for those who are not here with us now but will be listening later because I encourage you to talk about this with your prayer partners. Um, there's a residue, we all know it, when we don't keep our agreements. And it can be not keeping our agreements with ourselves. It can be not keeping our agreements with others. It can be not keeping our agreements with God. And so there's a way out of, of that. But first we have to acknowledge, I made this agreement and I didn't keep it. And it's really, really valuable to process uh, what happened, how we made the choices that we made, how we feel about it, and then to release any judgment that we have against ourselves about it. And that's part of the forgiveness process, of course. So uh, I, sometimes there are many agreements that we didn't keep. Sometimes there's so many agreements we didn't keep, we can't even remember them all, right? That, that is a part of our life sometimes. So no judgment about that because it's really about having the spiritual maturity and the spiritual integrity just say, this is what I chose. Now I'm choosing to move on. So we, ha we can't move on and still judge ourselves. So it, it does require us to look sometimes with difficulty at the choices that we made and the self-judgment, but it's, it frees up so much energy when we can do this introspective work. So um, in your breakouts, I'm inviting you to discuss the agreements that you didn't keep and um, 
how you feel about it and are you willing to let go of the judgments? What are the judgments? Are you willing to let go of them? So any, any questions about what I'm asking you to do in the breakout? You know, and there, there's sometimes in doing this work of looking at the agreements that we didn't keep, sometimes we say, I'd like to revisit the agreement and maybe you want to modify it or uh, maybe you'd like to try again. But um, so there may be some other further step, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what the agreement was, who was it made with or to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because part of this work of really looking at the agreements that we didn't keep is, did we make um, impossible agreements? Mm-hmm. Did we put ourselves, you know, uh, one of the things I saw in the beginning of Masterful Living, the first couple of years that I did it, people, I would say to people, write a very simple contract. Write a very simple contract. One line for each thing, if possible, so that you can learn it, you know it by heart. If I woke you up in the middle of the night and said, what's your contract? Quick. You would, you would know it. You would be there. You know, people would write these four-page contracts. They just couldn't stop themselves. And um, and people would also, they would have this list of things that they were going to do and on and on and on. And I'd say to them, you know, first, you know, and they would do things like I'm going to meditate for an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening. I'm like, you're not going to do that. <laughs> I would be shocked if you did that two days Ever. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Like the chances of most people going from zero to 60 and maintaining 60 are infinitesimal. You know, they just are. So you're, you're just setting yourself up for failure. So that's part of looking at the agreements that we didn't keep. Did we set ourselves up for failure? Mm-hmm. And are we still doing that? Can we cut that out? And you know what it is, too? It's also developing. um, One of the things we're going to look at this year is developing this ability to do an assessment at the end of the day. Hmm. You know, a self-assessment. Is there any, am I holding any judgments against myself? At the end of this day, can I let it go? That we're moving into more and more spiritual maturity and integrity and just loving ourselves by not having all this residual judgment that we're dragging around. The guilt, the shame, the sense of failure, you know, not dragging it one day to the next. Because what I have seen so clearly in my own life I used to be so, so burdened by self-medication. And the self-medication was just to escape how I felt. You know, it could be, it's, it, sometimes it was exercise, sometimes it was alcohol, sometimes the cigarettes, sometimes just yammering endlessly on the phone. You know, all kinds of things that I did, watching television, just so many different things I did to medicate myself so I didn't have to feel how I felt because it was overwhelming to me. And I would isolate in order to self-medicate. I didn't want anybody around unless maybe if I was exercising. But um, And it was what really changed things for me was when I, I just started to release all this self-judgment, stopped recreating it all the time, then I didn't need to self-medicate anymore. I don't self-medicate anymore. Mm-hmm. 
I just don't. It's not an impulse that I have anymore. I never imagined that that would shift for me, but it shifted truly because I don't, I'm not, I don't have all this pain that I'm managing anymore. I just don't. And that was unimaginable to me, but it's, it really has happened. So uh, as part of our loving ourselves uh, and really focusing on the self-love this year, we are not um, burying all the stuff. We're having the courage to look at it and to look at it together. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to give you, um, for this one, I'm going to give you uh, actually five minutes apiece because it feels like a, a chunk and um and we're back so ahas insights breakthroughs breakdowns who would like to share Sean I think Jean Jean was first oh sorry I didn't see Jean but I'll go next Okay. Why not? Okay. Jeannie. Oh, that was so sweet, Sean. I, I would be happy to go second. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, what, what I was, um, I'm so glad we're doing this, Jennifer, because I was struggling to go through this on my own. And, um, I felt like I don't, I don't know where to start with this. I, and I, and, and I, I came through talking it out through my group. I realized, you know, essentially I feel like I didn't step up and make any agreements. Um, and so, and then as I babbled on, I finally realized, oh, here's my judgment. Cause I could, I, my judgment is what kind of person doesn't make agreements or do what they're saying that I was like a coward. And then one of the other, so I realized that it's the shadows and the judgments and the things that other people might say that bother me. Um, but mostly I'd say it's my own. Um, and, I, and I was like, wow. And I mean, the minute I said those words, I'm like dagger in the heart. I'm like, bingo, that's it. This is what I got to let go to move forward. And um, so thank say you. It again. Say it again. What is it that you need to let go? I need to let go of uh, judging myself as being a coward and as a being a bully or a, um, uh, uh, what was the word I used? Cause uh, it was when you, I, I guess I would say a, a bully, you know, for nitpicking and on my daughter versus affirming her and being the loving presence. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to um, move forward and not repeat it is to forgive ourselves for it. It works. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jeannie. Thank you, thank you. And Sean. Um, I'm not going to talk about the agreements or anything, but one thing that we we talked about that was prevalent for all three of us in the group was being superficial and not really sharing how we really feel and and. And I feel like I did that a lot last year. Like I just kind of went through the motions. Even when we had breakouts, I would get off because I wasn't in the mood to be part of the breakout sessions. And 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 um, I think it helped. It, it wasn't very helpful for me last year. And I think if I had probably tuned in more and, and was more part of the group, I think I would have had a better year. Um, so that's one of the things that I want to focus on this year is to be more part of the group and, and to share how I really feel and not just say what I think I should say and just really be true. I mean, sometimes I am true, but I think more often I wasn't than I should have been, than I would like to have been. Yeah. I hear you. That's good. And I think, you know, probably wants to add to that since she was in my group. All right. Dina. I'm not able to unmute you. I I think I got it. Yeah. um, 
this is this is a profound uh, realization for me that's been coming, you know, over the last couple of, I guess, days or so, week, that, um, you know, I, I began to sniff it out maybe a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, well, why does sometimes when I talk in these groups or speak, um, why does sometimes, well, most of the time it didn't feel, it felt frustrating or, you know, a little like I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And then you had said something, Jennifer, in one of our um, facilitators meetings about people giving advice to others as a way to sort of keep superficial and not go deep. And you were actually, what you were saying to us is maybe say, well, can you give us an example of how you did that to help them go deep? And it just, not that I tend to give advice a lot, but it just rang a bell with me. And I was like, what is that? Why does that feel so true for me? But, you know, there's something about that. So I've just, I've just been learning that I haven't, it goes back to feeling allowing myself to feel what's real. Sometimes what's real doesn't feel good. And when it doesn't feel good, um, you know, I, I'm going to have to speak it in a, in a very real connected way. And what I'm finding in the very few times when I've been able to get to that level, the really deep stuff, the stuff I don't like to feel, talk about, acknowledge, and say it, I can see the look in other people's eye. I could see it in Sean's eye and I could see it in Felicia's eye. It was like, it was a deeper level and it connected. And it's, it's just, it's almost like my something, just something has clicked. And I don't know if that's being impeccable with your word to yourself. Um, and I don't re remember making an agreement exactly where I said, stay superficial, don't go deep. But I think that, in effect, is what happened. Something was keeping me from going and really feeling and admitting to and getting real with things. Yeah. 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 You know, when I in when I was in classes at Agape for the first couple of years, they people would ask. You know, the teachers would ask for sharing from people like we do here, and I would share. I would share in a superficial way in the sense that I would say something about spiritual principle or something I had learned, but it was, it was, I was never being vulnerable. Never. I, I would have gnawed off my arm before I would have been vulnerable in class. And I saw the other people being vulnerable and I just would think some, a lot of the time I would just think, Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> I really did. You know, I just think, oh, God, when are they going to stop being so vulnerable? Um, it, it uh, Because I was um, unnerved by it, you know, because I judged it. And I, I, I remember when I went to something, I went to a weekend seminar thing and um, I had set the intention to be authentic, to be vulnerable and to be my true self and not hide behind being so damn spiritual. And um, at the end of the weekend in a group of, I don't know, a large group of people, uh, maybe 50 or 60 people that were at this thing, uh, Somebody said, I want to thank Jennifer because she was such an example of being strong and being vulnerable at the same time. And it really was meaningful to me to see that. And I just was like, wow, that is so great that actually I accomplished it, you know, and it really it was it was such a beautiful lesson to me. I really began to see that being vulnerable and I, I get a lot of feedback now that people really appreciate my authenticity. And um, we, when we can be our true selves, then people can really love us. But if we pre present a facade, nobody can love a facade. There's no way. It's just it's impossible to love a facade. So I really appreciate that you're sharing that, Dina, because it's a, it's, a, it's, you know, 
it's so easy as spiritual students to hide behind spiritual truths and teachings and being kind and compassionate and caring, but not being vulnerable. And um, yeah, wonderful. You, you and Sean both, thank you so much. We are at time here, but I just want to see, does anybody else have a burning thing they'd like to share? All right. So uh, this, this conversation that we just had about the agreements not kept and things like that, this may be something that's really valuable for you to talk in depth with your prayer partners about. And uh, I encourage you strongly to really do some contemplative work with this and do some writing because um, these unhealed things, these, they, they fester. Uh, they really do. And if you can even go back um, to maybe agreements you didn't keep when you were a teenager in your 20s, you know, really, let's let's let go of all the unkept agreements. You know, really make a list of them. It's tempting not to think about this, but it is so freeing of energy when we can own the agreements we didn't keep and lay them on the altar. One of the things that you can do, we're coming up to a full moon next week. We don't have class next week. So you'll have a community call at this time. A community call will be scheduled at this time. An extra community call. And um, it's going to be a full moon on Wednesday, the January 31st. It's a perfect time to do a full moon releasing ceremony, do a fire puja, really go for it, maybe get together with another friend, uh, and and really and focus on this and then you can put them one by one into the fire i release myself from this agreement um it's so worth doing so i'd i'd really like to give you that suggestion of an assignment to do you've got a week till the full moon and uh, it's a major full moon it's a lunar eclipse full moon so really go for it and come back and discuss it in your community calls on Saturday and next Tuesday. Elizabeth? It's also a super moon. So yes, so it's a super moon. A super moon is. Yes. No, it's a blue moon. It's a blue it's moon. Right. It, it's a second, uh, second full moon in the month. So it's a blue moon, a super moon, and a lunar eclipse. All of the above. Yeah. So. Big day. We're probably all going to go insane. No, <laughs> it'll be all good. Yeah, no, we're going to have a major purging. Major purging. And I'm going to uh, put into um, my, um, uh, I have a, a new friend that I made in um, North Carolina at the Course in Miracles conference that I spoke at in um October, uh, Miguel Silva, and he's a, a energy worker. He's really terrific, and he's going to be doing a a thing on Wednesday night next week for the full moon, a lunar eclipse, uh, an energy healing that's uh, donation basis. So um, I'll send you all that that link. He does it on Zoom, so. All right, let us pray. So grateful and so thankful to turn within and recognize the fullness of God's love is our true identity, that we're, we really are perfect. We are, really are whole. We really are complete. So we're giving up any idea that we're lacking in any way or that there's some kind of failure we are 
opening ourselves to the true clarity of God, to see the perfection that we are, the perfection of our our loved ones and everyone in our life. We are gathering the wisdom from all of our experiences. We're harvesting the learning that is ours to receive, and we rejoice to share the benefits of all this healing with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we allow it to be, and so it is. Amen. 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 Love you so much. Enjoy your your week next week, and uh, bye for now. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you.